Talking Books on News Talk 106 to 108. I had ambitions to uh, set out and find, like an odyssey going home somewhere. I'm set, I'm set out to find uh, this home that, that I'd left a while back and couldn't remember exactly where it was, but I was uh, on my way there and uh, encountering what I encountered on the, on the way was how I envisioned it all. I, I didn't really have any ambition at all. I was born very far from where I'm supposed to be, and so I'm on my way home. How does it feel, how does it feel to be on your own with no direction home, a complete unknown, like a rolling stone? Yes, the unmistakable words and music of the great Bob Dylan, taken from Martin Swarthese's 2005 documentary film, No Direction Home, which chronicles Bob Dylan's evolution from folk troubadour to iconic rock star. Hello, how are you? And you're very welcome to Talking Books. I'm Susan Cahill. It's lovely to have your company this evening. How fluid is identity? Is there such a thing as psychological throat? And is Bob Dylan the Shakespeare of song? Well, tonight on Talking Books, we're going to unpack those questions with writer and teacher Dr Andrew McCarran, author of Light Comes Shining, The Transformation of Bob Dylan, where Andrew writes, We all have scripts that play out in our lives. Real or imagined things happen and produce sets of emotions, thoughts and behaviours that are often repetitions and therefore predictable. Many of Bob Dylan's personal stories of transformation are redemptive in form and in theme. Andrew goes on to write, The goal of this book has not been to gauge the depths of Dylan's changes across the various levels of personality. Did Dylan change at the levels of dispositional traits and characteristic adaptions or were his changes primarily on the narrative level? So who exactly is Bob Dylan and how has he defined the American spirit? Hello, my name is Andrew McCarran. I've always been interested in studying um, exemplary lives. When I was in graduate school the first time, I was studying theology and I became very interested in um, Christian hagiography, the study of uh, the lives of the saints. And then I thought, oh, wow, it would be interesting to write in this sort of idiom, but um, looking at modern lives. So um, I went off to a 
doctoral program. And in that program, I focused on psychobiography and the study of lives. And I wrote my dissertation on the, um, the lives of, of three poets who live in New York City, two of whom are still living. And after that, I, I wanted to um, continue that sort of work. So um, I wrote this psychobiography on, on, on Bob Dylan, and it took about, I would say, about four years to, to complete. I just, I, I love finding out as much as I can about artistic vocation and the various creative processes of, of artists. And I have been listening to um, Bob Dylan and going to as many shows as possible, probably for about 12 or 13 years. So um, I figured I would do something really challenging and, and try to try to write on Bob Dylan's life um, using some of the tools that I had learned about in graduate school. So that's a, a brief backstory to the history of the composition. I'd wanted to write about uh, John Ashbery or Jack Kerouac first, but uh, then, then I ended up deciding to throw uh, caution to the wind and submitted a proposal for a psychobiography on Bob Dylan, and it was accepted, which was uh, a thrilling moment in, in my um, personal and professional life. What a stunning biography, Light Comes Shining, the transformation of Bob Dylan, Andrew, and what an unbelievably complex and challenging uh, subject to write about. I have to say, I learned so much reading this biography, not just about uh, Bob Dylan, but also about the human condition, because you really probe at life and truth and what it means to be human in this biography. I might start uh, tonight's uh, chat with a big wide open question, if that's okay. Do you think now that Bob Dylan's uh, somewhere now, I think in the mid 70s, do you think he's actually found personal salvation? Do you think that's possible for the likes of Bob Dylan? Oh, that's a a challenging question to um, answer. I've, I've never met the man personally, whether he's found personal salvation the restlessness that seems to still be present in his life um, suggests to me at the very least that he's on this dogged search for truth or personal salvation that will likely take him through the um, the final period of his life, well, through um, the third the third act. So I, I think the uh, the desire certainly um, is present, um, evidenced by the albums that he continues to um, record and. Um, the touring schedule for a man of his age, you know, I'm playing what upwards of a hundred shows um, every single year. Pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. There's a restless quality that that's been consistent and that I associate with, or I assume um, is to be associated with um, his desire for salvation or full realization of one sort or another. You quote um, W.B. Yeats's um, iconic poem, Among School Children. How can we tell the dancer or how can we know the dancer from the dance? And it got me thinking that we've got so many different Bob Dylans. And I'm wondering, is Bob Dylan an invention of his own mind? Like, could it, could it possibly be? Because he has presented himself to the world, to his fans and to many people in his life as a range of different types of personas. Well, I mean, to a degree, I think one thing that captivated me, uh, continues to captivate me about Bob Dylan is I think that his life underscores how, um, at least in potential, it, we are all products of our, our, our own mind. Um, to, to borrow from William Blake, right, we're, we're mind-forged. I think that his life 
suggests that those, those deterministic anchors and, and those, those moorings that keep us fixed in one identity need not be the way that um, life is experienced. And I, I think for creative people, artists and um, people with um, specific spiritual orientations, this sort of experimental existence um, full of uh, morphology and transfigurations is infinitely um, possible if the right conditions are, are present. One of my favorite philosophers, Ludwig Wittgenstein, wrote, wrote that uh, to imagine a language is to imagine a form of life. I extend that quotation to the um, experience of, of being alive. We can imagine new realities and then, and then inhabit those realities. Um, I think it's, uh, once again, this uh, quality of of Bob Dylan that I personally find to be just so incredibly interesting, and I, I don't think I'm alone. I think his life reminds us of something that's inside all of us. Why did you choose a psychobiography as distinct from other types of approaches? I know we've had some monumental biographies of um, Bob Dylan. I know that you mentioned Robert Shelton's Snow Direction Home, but I'm just wondering why did you feel that psychobiography was the way forward for Bob? I think because you just suggested there's so much, so much out there. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of books on on Bob Dylan. Um, And it seems like there are scads of them coming out um, any given month. Um, And I I thought um, psychobiography would be helpful because it it offers a range of approaches for dealing with um, especially complicated lives that introduce a, a gravitational center. And I, I thought that that was the way in. That was the way to cut through some of the, the, the biographical um, paperwork, the thousands and thousands of pages. I think um, when, when psychobiography is done well, it doesn't try to explain everything about who people are and, and why they do what they do, nor um, does a good uh, psychobiography reduce the complexity of life to a single theory. But it's after um, one or uh, multiple salient themes of a life and, and, and some of the dynamics um, behind those themes. And if done well, I think it can, it can really um, capture the, the psychological fingerprint of a person. So um, I um, chose psychobiography for, for those reasons because, um, because it tends to be a little bit more focused. Some of the great biographies that have been written on Dylan are quite illuminating but there's just so much to focus on. Maybe at times they lack, um, you know, a, a center. So uh, I went in there with a specific question um, in mind and tried to answer that question. And that, that question had to do with this trope of a, a personal destiny that comes up so much in Bob Dylan's um, interviews. Whenever he um, has been asked to explain some of the decisions, especially some of the more um, perplexing ones um, in his personal and um, artistic evolution. He cited personal destiny, this the sense of becoming the person, becoming the artist that he felt deeply inside that, that he was. So um, I wanted to focus on that specifically. So that was the organizing um, principle behind the uh, I Come Shining. I'm pleased with the results, although fully aware of the limitations. Mm-hmm. Psychobiography can be reductionistic um, at, at times, and um, that's something to that's something that I kept in mind, uh, you know, through my own process, and hopefully I'm um, avoided at least to to a degree. 
You mentioned Freud pretty early on in the biography, who believed that, you know, that lying was a form of truth telling. And you argue that, you know, when we lie, we reveal a lot of personal truths and that our lies can reveal a lot more about us than our so-called true memories. Can you talk me through that? Absolutely. Um, I think this is especially important with Bob Dylan. A a lot of the biographies that that I've read have um, focused too much on um, whether he's, he's telling the truth and if not trying to expose the real story. And um, from a psychological perspective, I think this can be a bit maddening. Um, and you mentioned Freud. And Freud was definitely um, an influence in, in my writing um, of the book. And he believed that there was this, this difference between historical truth and psychological truth. And just as you suggested in your question, Susan, psychological truth, it's just less concerned with whether or not you're, you're telling the truth, per se. It's really concerned with um, what you're saying and, and why. So that was my angle um, in terms of going into um, Bob Dylan's life, not to try to um, remain beholden to historical truth, but to try to figure out what his um, shucking and, and driving during interviews across um, these many decades suggest about who he is as, as, a, as a human being and, and why. I'm just wondering, we have so many books on Bob Dylan and, you know, whether they're written from a fan's perspective or from a musician's perspective or whatever it is, that in a lot of, a lot of ways it's almost increased his mystery because there's so many different takes on him as well as what he's presenting to the public world. He's changed his tune on so many different aspects of his politics, his spirituality, his relationships. That there, there, There's so many different types of driving forces coming at the phenomena that is Bob Dylan. Absolutely. And I think uh, getting back to your earlier question, that's where psychobiography um, was uh, helpful for me in my use of what's called um, script theory. And um, what script theory does, it looks across... Um, an individual's life narrative and tries to find scripts that um, repeat, so um, repetitive stories. Um, and, and it really looks for truth in, in those stories. And uh, by focusing on um, Dylan's interviews and um, his memoir from 2004, Chronicles Volume 1, um, I felt that I had uh, evidence um, to suggest the presence of this destiny script as I call it, and light comes shining. That all, uh, allowed me to um, anchor my, my analysis in something, given um, the proliferation of, of masks that he has projected and that have been projected onto him by just uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of uh, writers over the years. So, you know, I was keenly aware of all of the different Bob Dylans, but used script theory to, to put forward a possible um, candidate for one gravitational center um, in his psychological life. You describe him as a prince of protein self-reinvention and you you talk a lot about, you know, his changeability as an artist and as a person and also about his mercurial quality. And Bob Dylan has referred to himself as a transfigured person. And as you mentioned there uh, moments ago, 